0: Welcome to All Things Pilates, season four. Though we can't know exactly what Joseph Pilates was thinking or feeling towards the end of his life, we do know he wanted the entire world to practice contrology, and that want has certainly become a reality. Hello everyone, I'm Darian Gold, and here on All Things Pilates, we discuss the man, the method, and how his genius continues to influence and inspire. My guest today is Jonathan Grubb. Jonathan appeared on my show for the first time a couple of years ago. He talked about his history-based Facebook page called Joseph's Legacy, Pilates 100 Plus, which at the time had already attracted 5,000 followers. But before I introduce Jonathan to you, a brief reminder about him. Jonathan has lived almost his entire life on the Isle of Man, a small island in the Irish Sea off the coast of Great Britain. He was introduced to the Pilates method in 2013, but he had no idea at the time how his life would intersect with Joe Pilates. When Jonathan and I first talked, you may remember that he told us of his amazement at discovering that the man whose method he was studying had been interned on the Isle of Man at Camp Nikalo, the largest internment camp during World War I. And to his utter surprise, he also learned that his own great-grandfather, Jacob Grubb, was not only another internee at Camp Nikalo, but unbelievably imprisoned in the same subcamp as Joe. From that point on, a flurry of research about Joe and the lives he touched ensued, and to this day continues. Jonathan's Facebook page now has almost 15,000 followers who are transfixed by his ongoing discoveries. With his honorable reputation, He's been given access to archival material and shares these items on his page. One example is an inquiry letter from Joe Pilates to Anna Schaefer, a guest on this show, who studied with him for nearly 16 years. So my faithful listeners, get comfortable and sit back and listen to Jonathan's story. And you'll even be hearing for the first time new information he has yet to make public. Jonathan, welcome back to the show.
1: Hello, Zarian, thank you so much for having me back again.
0: Jonathan, you've lived on the Isle of Man almost your entire life. What was it like to grow up on the island?
1: It was just so peaceful. It was uh, simple times. We didn't have computers, no internet. We didn't have big cities where there was lots going on, so I had very much an outdoor life, going out to play with my friends. It was a smaller population than it is today. Uh, I lived in a village, so most of the weekends in the summer school holidays, my parents would take myself and my brother down to the beach, so we'd spend all weekend, all summer seemingly on the beach. That's what it seemed like to me climbing rocks, swimming. So I've just always loved the outdoor life. And the Isle of Man is just beautiful for that because there's beaches, hills, valleys, glens, everything.
0: But you never turn into a beach bum.
1: No, the, the weather isn't quite right for that over here. So yeah, if I'd have lived California where you are, maybe I would have been.
0: How did you discover Pilates.
1: Well, as you said in the intro, 2013 is is when we first went to Pilates with Carol, my wife, and myself. We went to an evening class. Carol had read a little bit about it, and we both had bad knee injuries. Carol just thought that'd be a a great way for us to get some exercise and try and strengthen our bodies and get our knees back into shape.
0: Okay, say a little more about that, because now we want to know, did your knee issues resolve?
1: So it's during these classes, we started exercising and we got to learn this Pilates method. And it's then we kind of really felt the benefit of it and our knees kind of got better. My wife, Carol, could hardly walk any great distance because of her knee injury. And now, through Pilates, she's able to go on long walks up hills downhills without quite so much pain myself mine was an old soccer injury anterior cruciate ligament injury I didn't want to have any surgery for that so just through rehabilitation and strengthening the muscles that's really helped my knee and just generally our overall body strength and physical fitness and our mental well-being as well. I think people underlook the value of Pilates in terms of mental health.
0: Absolutely. Jonathan, I was curious, did you ever learn about the internment camps in school, or especially Camp Nikaylo, which is so featured now?
1: No, we didn't. I didn't know about it growing up. The village I lived in up until 1929 was a a mining village. There was lead and silver mines, quite extensive. And that was taught about at school, but Nocello internment camp wasn't talked about, wasn't mentioned, even high school, there was no mention of it. And I think generally that, that was the case, that it was a forgotten about part of the history of the Isle of Man. And it's just amazing that... All this is coming to light now through the Nacalo Visitor Center.
0: Tell us about the Visitor Center, because you are the one who introduced me to Allison Jones, who was on this podcast earlier this season. And she talked about how the center got started and also the beautiful website that she and her staff launched in 2014. How did you initially meet Allison?
1: My first contact with, with Alison was just before I went to Munchen back in 2015. They had the International Heritage Congress there, and I'd been asked to do a short presentation at the opening address, just to kind of talk about Nokelo and Joseph Plati's time there. And it was just fortunate at the same time that this Nokelo Visitor Center was getting off the ground, and Alison. Was starting to publicize the fact, so we were aware through social media that this project was being launched and i'd contacted alison just to get a little bit of information about the background of it and what was happening so that when i went to Munchen gladback i could give them a mention and, and advertise the fact that this was all getting off the ground and was an exciting project so That was our first contact. And then in 2016, we had an International Pilates Day celebration on the island. And we invited Alison to come along and talk to the group of people that we'd got gathered and just tell us more about the project, how it was was now progressing. And then we had raised money through this event, which we split between two charities, Alison's charity that runs the visitor center and another charity. So we did a little social media splash with that, just the presentation of the check. Again, been trying to raise awareness of this Nakelo visitor center just to support Alison and all she's doing. And then 2016 also, we had another Pilates event later in the year and we'd had a plaque made. The Honour Joseph Pilates, which we gave to Alison, she came along, we made a presentation to her. So that plaque is now in situ at the nokalo Visitor Center for everybody to see when they visit. And subsequently, we've done some other little projects with her as well. One of the biggest ones was just before the opening, the actual official opening of the, the visitor center, which... Alison had asked me to be one of the co-openers of the event, to cut the ribbon, one of four descendants that did the official opening, so that
0: oh, wow. was,
1: yeah, such Exciting. an honor to do that. And the weekend before that opening, we'd had a, a weekend of Pilates with some international teachers coming over, people coming from the UK to join in with the weekend, and the second day of that conference, we were down at Narcalo in the fields where Joseph Plotis.
0: How many people?
1: I think there was about 25. We kept it fairly small and more intimate. We had a, a marquee on site at the visitor center in the fields where the internment camp was. So um, we were kind of governed with size with that because we didn't want to go over big with the marquee. Just because of the area it was in. So um, that was a lovely occasion. We had BBC television cameras from the UK over filming the event and all about Nokalo. That was such an amazing event for me because during one of the classes, BBC crew were there and uh, one of the teachers, international teachers, was teaching the class and they wanted to film him teaching a little bit and then. They wanted to film me teaching as well, being a descendant of one of the internees. (laughs) Well, yeah, it was Michael King was the international teacher. He came up to me and said, Jonathan, they want to film you teaching as well. Is that okay?" My jaw just dropped. I was wide eyed like a rabbit in headlights. And I just said yes, with no idea what I was going to do or teach because I hadn't planned for it. And I was fairly new to teaching them myself. So Um, And that was an amazing experience as well. Just It was just a few minutes filming, but to have Michael King there, who I trained with, and Elisa Withers from the Australian Physiotherapy and Pilates Institute that I trained with, Roberta Kirshenbaum from the New York studio, all on their mats with me teaching them. That was just such a fantastic occasion. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that at all.
0: Are there photos besides film, Uh, are there photos?
1: I didn't get to get a copy of that particular bit of the film. They edited it down, showed some on British television, but not that particular bit. And I've not been able to get a copy of that yet. But we also did, uh, just this summer in June, a French TV company were over doing some filming about Nokelo and the history of the site. And Alison gave me a call saying, They want to film some Pilates being practiced on site at Naukelo. Can you get some people together?
0: Now you're a pro.
1: Yeah, well, didn't hesitate with that one. (laughs) Yeah, so I got a group of my students together. We went down in the afternoon, had a great time filming, and again, this is just going to be an amazing bit of publicity for Nokalo because it's shown in France and Germany, this TV program. So that's going to bring huge, huge amount of publicity to NotCalo. So it's just been lovely to, to help Alison and collaborate with her on a few things and just help raise the profile of the visitor center.
0: When will that be aired?
1: That's due to be aired about December this year. So we should get notified and hopefully we'll be able to Share a link with it on my Facebook page.
0: Fabulous. And speaking of your Facebook page, let's talk about this incredible project that started so humbly.
1: I just had no idea where this was going to go to when I started it. My main goal was just to try and raise awareness within the island about the fact that Joseph Pilates was interned here. So everybody that was doing Pilates here should know and be aware that he was interned here so just started doing a little bit of research into the narcalo side of things with allison's help and sharing that information and then gradually the numbers grew and then i started to expand my research especially beginning of 2020 when I had a little bit more time on my hands as COVID hit and we were all working from home. And then I just started to find out information that I'd never heard of before. Some of these first generation teachers going back to the forties, fifties, that hitherto hadn't been mentioned ever. As I've said before, I had the impression that the Pilates elders were the first people to teach the method other than Joe. And that all kind of started in the 60s with Corolla opening the studio. But all this information has has just sort of opened my eyes. And the more I found and the more I've dug, the more information there is to come to light. And I'm still doing it.
0: And the more followers, because you're nearly 15,000. That's right. Yeah. Shade
1: off 15,000 now. And that over the last year, it's, it's doubled from... Seven and a half thousand since we last spoke, it's doubled in number and I'm expecting with the extra information I get out there,
0: it's going to increase even more. How do you find your information? I teased in the opening that you will share a few nuggets that you have not posted on your Facebook page. So it hasn't even gone public yet, but how in general do you get your information
1: Right. So I subscribe to a couple of websites where there are newspaper archives. So I've done all my research at home using my computer, finding this information in newspaper articles. But I've always had that um, intent to make sure that I dig deeper into the stories. It's not just a newspaper article people that are mentioned in that article, real people, and and they were part of the real Pilates history. And I just wanna bring their lives to the people that are reading this information. So, although I find these newspaper articles and share that, I'm also trying to contact either the people that were involved or their descendants, their sons, daughters, grandchildren, just to build up a better profile of who that person was, That's really paid dividends because I found out about the Denver studio where Joseph Ploty's niece had a studio that was all new information, but I didn't leave it there. I wanted to find out about who she was. So I managed to trace her daughter who has just recently shared some wonderful photos, family photos of her mother, her grandmother, Joe's sister. Which I've shared in my group. I've got some more photos of Joe and his niece together to share.
0: Do they send you via snail mail or digital files? How does, how does that connection happen?
1: So it's digital. Usually they, they'll they email, they'll take a photo, scan it in and, and email it to me or message it, WhatsApp, Messenger. Anna Schaefer, who you've had on the show, has been just so wonderful in in sharing information. And again, I managed to reach out to her and make contact with her via a third party. And, And now I communicate with Anna quite often. And she has sent me some amazing stuff. Just to add to the story about Dorothy Alexander that I shared about last year, who was the founder of Atlanta Ballet, studied with Joe, went on to teach other um, co-directors at Atlanta Ballet to teach Pilates as well. So there's just that continuity from Dorothy through to three or four other students of the method that also taught the method. And just been talking about that. And it's been lovely that Anna has been delighted to read this information I've shared. It's brought back so many happy memories for her. And it's just, you know, that makes me feel great just to know that this information is, is bringing the smile to people's faces and making people happy to read it.
0: Any nugget that you can share right now?
1: Okay, so... um,
0: (laughs) I'm putting you on the spot.
1: I know, I've got (laughs) so much going around in my head at the moment because I have two new first generation teachers that nobody's ever mentioned before that I've discovered. And only last week, I managed to contact the granddaughter of one of the first generation teachers I've found, also a very good friend of hers who's put me in touch with somebody else who's sent me these wonderful emails, shedding more light into who this person was when she trained with Joe. Her husband also trained with Joe, her husband was the model for some of the photographs in one of the books. I'm not sure yet, I'm still trying to work that out, but I think it could be your health. So one of the students pictured in that was a student of Joseph Pilates, I've made contact with somebody who knows her very well and her husband very well, who was the model. So. Now we have a name for the person who's in the book. So I'm I'm just finalizing all that information that's come through to me. It's it's just been such a wealth of information that's come through about this lady that it all just stemmed from one tiny little newspaper advert with her name, and that she was teaching contrology at her dance classes. So it's just expanded with so much more information about her that I'm just collating all that together now. One of the ladies who I wrote about last week, uh, sorry, last year, Bertha Fry, the first generation teacher. I didn't know quite who she was. I'd come up against a brick wall trying to find any more information. But just two or three months ago, I had another look at it. Fresh pair of eyes. I found a granddaughter, made contact with her. She sent me some lovely photos of a grandmother through that now enables us to put a face to the name and it now becomes a real person, not just a name from history, but a real person. She's told me about her life and that's just gonna be great to share that with everybody as well.
0: Does the granddaughter teach Pilates or practice?
1: Uh, No, she doesn't um, that I'm aware of, no. I know that Joe's great niece, so from his sister's side of the family, she does. um, She does. She has Pilates videos, different teachers, and, and she still practices regularly.
0: Can you estimate how many more first generation teachers are out there or even their son, daughter, granddaughter, grandson?
1: I couldn't estimate that, we, kind of, we only know what we know and it's only when this information comes to light that we can research it and find the information out, so um, there's no no telling how many more there are yet to discover. Um, but I think it, it kind of gets rid of that myth that it wasn't so well known and, and he struggled to get his method out there, the more we kind of find out, the more... We joined the dots up the more we realized it had spread out to Atlanta, to Denver, other parts of kind of the area around New York, Boston, et cetera. So it did spread out. There were a lot of teachers around teaching the method. It was well known. Another little kind of snippet, a teaser without giving too much away. Anna Schaefer has also kindly shared a pamphlet with me that goes back kind of a long way and there's testimonials in from several people about Joe and the method and I'm just researching the names of these people but what it does show me again I had the impression that Joe was teaching men mainly boxers because he had a studio quite near to a boxing studio further down eighth avenue and it was only later in the 30s that the dancers came along. But these testimonials are mainly from women, mainly dancers, some Broadway stars, an artist. And possibly, I'm still trying to pin it down, a fashion designer, a younger up-and-coming fashion designer. So, again, it's just... New information, shed a new light on on the method and, and how it developed. And, you know, the dancers were there from, from
0: the start of it. Almost the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. It's branched out more than we originally thought or were told. I
1: think so. Most definitely.
0: You were interviewed by Christy Cooper from Pilates Anytime recently. What was that? interview like for you and why did you want to do the interview?
1: Well, it was nerve wracking. I can tell you, because they're the biggest online, I think, provider of of Pilates classes, a huge following, and I I kind of was was a bit nervous because I'd looked at what other videos they had on all these amazing teachers and people talking about Pilates. So Christy has got a Pilates legacy project on her Pilates Anytime website, so as well as all the classes they show, they've got this section about the history of Pilates, all the Pilates elders, those commonly known Pilates elders, uh, such as Lolita, Carola, Eve Gentry, Mary Bowen, etc. People talking about their experiences, learning with those particular teachers, and I'd been watching a Zoom chat with Christy and a Pilates teacher that we've mentioned before, Michael King. And Michael happened to mention to Christy, have you seen Jonathan's Facebook page? Because he'd seen we were watching. She she hadn't. He said, I'll, I'll hook you up with Jonathan, I'll give you his email, make contact with him. Christy had a look at it. She was amazed at all this information that I got on there about people she'd not heard of until she'd seen it on my Facebook page. So she really wanted to capture that information, chat to me about it, document that, add it to a Pilates Legacy Project, and just get me talking about my research and, and these people that I found out about. So yeah, I was delighted to do it and I'm pleased it's on there.
0: It's on there now.
1: It's on the Pilates Anytime website.
0: The Legacy, what is it called?
1: It comes under the Pilates Legacy Project.
0: That's fabulous, Jonathan. Thank you. I hope you aren't nervous here.
1: <laughs> no, no.
0: You can't be nervous with me.
1: <laughs> Dab hands at this now. <laughs>
0: oh, you're, you are a pro. I did have a question about the mat work, because in our pre-interview, you did talk about Joe being adamant that his students practice his mat routine regularly. And we got that with Romana she talked about the obvious power of the mat work. You have more information about the role of the mat in the method?
1: Yeah, it's just through the articles that I've been finding and sharing in my Facebook page. It's quite evident from what Joe said that, you know, the mat work was the method and and that was where the importance of his method was and that's what he wanted people to do he said, you know, people don't have time to trot to a gym. What they should do is is just exercise at home 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. So that's doing his mat work exercises. And obviously, 10 minutes is not enough to go through the whole 34 sequence. So I'm not quite sure what he's implying from that, whether you just do 10 minutes of any of the exercises in any order, just start with the beginning, do 10 minutes worth, pick up where you left off in the evening to do 10 minutes more, and then the next day, carrying on, working through the sequence or just doing little bits, what you feel like, when you feel like, whatever sequence you like. So that was in 1961 in a newspaper interview. And Fred Pilates' brother, also said in a newspaper article that's in 1968 he said elaborate equipment isn't really necessary just 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes in the evening so again taking the emphasis away from the equipment and and making it about the mat work and as you've said Romana set sort of good store out in terms of the mat work being very important, and in a, an article two thousand and three, she was interviewed. She said the apparatus are good, but the mat work is everything. But Pilates love, uh, people love toys. Oh yes. Um, again, she's emphasising the mat work, and yeah, the, the the equipment's great. It's fun to have and use, but the core of the work is is in the mat work. And I must admit, we've got a reformer at home that. I love to use i love the reformer but i just love doing the mat work and i love teaching the mat work this first generation teacher that i've yet to reveal i've only just found out about somebody who knew her very well only just last week has been emailing about her and has also said how much the importance was put on the mat work and it's it's only more recently since the 90s, that the apparatus has really taken on this kind of role of, of being be all and end all. And, and you know
0: what I think it is? I think that secretly, a lot of people would have liked to have been a gymnast. And it's, I can just tell you a firsthand experience the apparatus, especially the unevens and the balance beam, it's kind of scary. So, this method and the exercises that we get to practice on all this incredible equipment, it feels playful, even though it's serious and you have to be safe. I think it gives people a sense of what it might've been like as a a youngster getting on the jungle gym or flipping around. And now that we're adults, we're supposed to be serious and do our mat work. But I think it's fabulous that People have the opportunity to work on the apparatus because sometimes you actually find your body there before the mat. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And yeah, I mean, another thing Joe had said um, recently in an article I I shared, he said how, how he developed it to help people with rheumatism exercise to save him having to do all the work and help them. They had the apparatus to help them so it was very much from his point of view for rehab but i think now yeah people love it it's it's fun to use people use it more for strength conditioning athletes are using it more as a strengthening exercise or a strengthening piece of equipment rather than a rehabilitation piece of equipment so yeah it it has its uses in both areas the athlete and for just rehab and and just yeah fun exciting piece of equipment to use
0: and the vast amount of exercises you can do on how many pieces of equipment did he invent a lot a
1: lot yeah twenty yeah. twenty or thirty all sorts yeah so
0: as well as conducting all of this amazing research you also practice and teach the method did you go through a certification program.
1: I did, yes. So I try and practice every day, like Joe says. I'm I'm teaching uh, four days a week with nine classes and have our own one to two private session ourselves. And then in between, I'm practicing self-practice class planning. So I'm pretty much doing it every day as Joe intended. And the certification program I went through Firstly, I did a level one mat work with Michael King, who is an international teacher, founder of MK Pilates. Got to know Michael very well since meeting him in Munchen Gladbeck in 2015. And we chatted to him and decided we wanted to train with Michael. But he does train people all over the world and it's rather difficult to kind of get to a course with him. So we'd done our level one mat work
0: is he british
1: he is british born in britain and he was a dancer with the london school of contemporary dance he got injured and started pilates and went on to do an apprenticeship with alan herdman who was the first person to bring pilates back to great britain but perhaps we'll just talk about that in in a little bit if i just finish off on my certification, I then trained with the Australian Physiotherapy and Pilates Institute and did the complete uh, level one, two, and three comprehensive mat work certification with them. It was a, a condensed course done over several months and meant going back and forward to London for several weekends doing the training and practice at home. But the interesting thing is the founders of the Australian Physiotherapy and Places Institute, Glenn and Elisa Withers, both trained with Michael King initially before they founded their own training organization. So there's that continuity between Michael King and Glenn and Eliza Withers and uh, the fact that I've trained with both of them. And our teacher on the island initially our first teacher she had trained with michael king as well so it's just nice to have that continuity in in terms of how we've trained and who we've trained with and and continue to train with as well we do courses and classes with both of them perhaps if we come on to the the british pilates history which kind of links in to some of the comments i've just made there so alan herdman that i mentioned he was the first person to bring pilates back to the uk in 1970 So he was a part-time dancer with the London School of Contemporary Dance. He had trained as a primary school teacher and there was a growing sense of awareness of this Pilates method and how it was helping dancers. There were dancers such as Clover Roop, who was British born, but she'd gone across to New York and trained with the Graham School. She'd trained with Robert Fitzgerald and Carola Trier. She came back and told people about it. At the London School of Contemporary Dance, there was a couple of dancers, Naomi Lapsason and William Luther, who had also trained with Robert Fitzgerald, the Pilates teacher who was trained under Carola Trier. And... A lady called Jane Dudley, who was head of the Graham Studies at the London School of Contemporary Dance. Her mother had actually trained directly with Joseph Pilates. So there was a real appreciation of of the method and how good it was. So Robert Cohen, who was the founding artistic director of the London School of Contemporary Dance, himself had trained with Robert Fitzgerald in New York. He asked Alan to go to New York. train with Robert Fitzgerald, which Alan did. He came back, he opened a studio at the London School of Contemporary Dance. And Alan was on his own. And I've spoken to Alan about it. And he said he had nobody to ask about Pilates because, yeah, he couldn't just get on the internet and email people back then. There was nobody else in England teaching the method. He had nobody to bounce ideas off. So he started asking Alexander Technique teachers, physiotherapists, osteopaths about how the body worked and information and just getting input from these other areas. And that helped him develop his method of teaching quite differently to how it's kind of developed in, in the US.
0: Can you say a little bit more about that, how it's different? I think
1: it's more broken down and built up in in levels um from what i've i've got from teachers that have trained more classically it's a case of doing those exercises the 34 and perhaps not doing as many repetitions or just you know as joe said you do this exercise when you've mastered that you do the next exercise so it's perhaps more akin to how Joseph platy's taught in, in the US. Whereas in Britain, it's been broken down more analyzed by physiotherapists to ensure that the movements are done correctly. And then they're built up gradually as one develops the core strength and good movement in the joints, good functional movement. And then it's built up from there. So it's, it's perhaps just a more progressive method of learning it, I think, than, than how it's perhaps taught traditionally in, in the US.
0: Is that how you teach it?
1: It is, yeah. So I, I teach very much how I've been taught to teach it through Michael King and the Australian Physiotherapy and Pilates Institute. There's a bit more variety of exercises, which is is fine because the, the body needs to move. It's it's important that the body moves in different ways, um, not just stick into a fixed rigid pattern. I think it's important for the brain and the neurological pathways that there is this variety of movement. So long as we're doing the method correctly, it is a method. It's not just a set. Number of exercises in a certain order. It's a it's a method and the philosophy. How you do your exercise is the important thing, not what the exercise is. So I think that you know is is reflected in the way teachers in the UK and obviously globally now there's been influences from Alan Herdman, his first student to open his own studio separate from Alan Dreas Reneke. And Gordon Thompson, who came after him, Michael King, they've taught people around the world, South Africa, Japan, Australia, South America. So this alternative way of teaching perhaps is is spreading more. And even Alan Herdman in 1982, I think, was asked to go to Houston Ballet Academy to open a Pilates studio. So Pilates came back to the you uh the uk with alan herdman and alan herdman took it back to the the us so that's full circle and julian Lith- littleford who trained and apprenticed with alan herdman in 1978 went to the us in 1983 to join the graham company he went on to become a very well-known pilates teacher in the us before he passed away at a very young age so it has been re exported back to the US, I believe, the, the way the British Pilates method is taught.
0: Are all the men, the teachers that you've cited, they all come from a dance background?
1: The ones in Britain, yeah. So Alan Herdman was, Dreas was a dancer with Ballet Rambert. He got injured. It was a ballet dancer who had been to New York and trained with Robert Fitzgerald that told him he should go to do Pilates with Alan Herdman for part of his rehabilitation. Gordon Thompson, that was the third person to open the studio in the UK. He was also with Ballet Rambert. Michael King was with London School of Contemporary Dance. So they've all come from a a dance background, all the early Pilates teachers in the UK, have all come from that ballet background.
0: I wonder how much of the mat work opposed to the apparatus was emphasized because I'm thinking of the gram technique, which is so difficult that any kind of gram influence is very strength building. I wonder if all of these teachers focus more on the mat than apparatus. And I also wonder where they got their apparatus.
1: Well, Alan Herdman brought plans back from the U.S. when he trained with Robert Fitzgerald. So Robert had got these from Carola Trier, who I believe had got them from Joseph Pilates, the plans. So Alan brought these plans back. Um, The guys in the workshop at the London School of Contemporary Dance were given the plans and they... Set to making the apparatus from whatever they could find. So Alan said the Cadillac. It was scaffolding poles that were just pieced together to make the frame around the cad- Cadillac. So yeah, they uh, I think improvised and used what they could. And
0: like Joe did probably with the materials he had.
1: Definitely. And and Alan, Dreas, Gordon, Michael, they they've all taught the apparatus, and I think because they're teaching dancers and it's often injured dancers, then that rehab side of it is is absolutely necessary for, for the dancers. And, and that's the way they, they taught the method.
0: In closing, let's return back to your Facebook page. It's where it's where it's at, Jonathan.
1: <laughs> it is.
0: What are your plans, if you have any plans for its future, besides all of the amazing discoveries and posting. Is there anything else that you see in the horizon with it?
1: Well, funny you should ask that. I mean, January this year, I was looking ahead with the stuff I had to share, thinking by March, I'll I'll have run out of stuff, I think. So um, I might just have to start resharing stuff because I won't have any more new stuff. But here I am, October, I've still so much to share and yeah, I've got the whole British history that I did the research on that last year that I haven't even got around to sharing that I'm going to share probably start of 2023 now, but kind of looking ahead, people have asked about a book and I've been kind of umming and ahhing about that. There's the problem with a book, one is there's issues over copyright and how much You can share when you're going to make a profit or sell something then limited as to some of the photos that i might be able to share and also once it's set in type the book it's done and at the moment with so much still coming out and i'm just adding to it all the time so if i'd started a book at january this year I'd have had to do do a rewrite because there's just uh, so much more information still coming to light. I mean that excites me. I never set out to do this for profit or gain. It was just purely just out uh, of the love of the method and wanted to share this information globally with anybody who was interested, and I just wanted to get it out there and and tell the story in more depth than it has perhaps been told before. So. I'll continue doing that while I can. And then maybe when I've got a bit more time on my hands, the book will follow.
0: Sounds good to me. If people want to reach out to you, how do they find you besides your Facebook page? Because some people don't want to go onto Facebook.
1: That's right, not everybody is on Facebook. Um, So apart from my Facebook page, I do have my own Pilates website for my business, which is RenewPilatesIOM.com. I can be emailed on jgrub@live.com, at live.com. And we also, I started an Instagram page because somebody said, well, not everybody's on Facebook. Um, that's called the Pilates History page where I, I start sharing little nuggets from what I've got on my Facebook page. That's just a little side project for those that are not on Facebook. We're also on Instagram.
0: Your website has the same information as what's on Facebook or not yet?
1: No, that doesn't, because that's my Pilates teaching website where I'm just, you know, promoting myself and my wife for classes. We have a little bit about the history, but that's just a little overview about who Joseph Pilates was and what the method is. But people can find my email address on there and contact me that way.
0: Even descendants.
1: Descendants, yeah. Um, I think it was about a year ago, I, I asked the question in my group, if there's any descendants out there, please get in touch, you know, if they practice Pilates as well, because I can't be the only descendant who is also a Pilates enthusiast. One person, actually, through listening to your podcast, rather than finding my Facebook page, he did contact me. He does say his uncle, I think, or great uncle, was interned on the Isle of Man. His auntie has a picture frame that had been carved here on the Isle of Man. It didn't have Nocello written on it, so I wasn't so sure, because I couldn't find his great uncle's name in the list of internees. But again, this is one I passed on to Alison Jones, so she's going to be researching that. and. You know, that'd be great if if this is the first person who practices Pilates and is also a descendant of a Nokalo internee. It'd be great to finally get another, another person who's in that situation.
0: Very special club that is growing by two.
1: Yeah, yeah. Doubled in numbers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful seeing you and hearing from you again.
1: It's been such a pleasure to come back on, and thank you for asking me to come on.
0: All Things Pilates is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Mastered audio mix by Fabian Romero. Theme music Soul Blues Piano Shuffle by Boom Zoom. And some exciting news to share with you I'll be teaching my first live workshop since 2020 in the lovely town of Madison, Wisconsin. My host, Caroline Holden, owner of Purple Door Pilates Madison, has recently relocated to a new boutique space on a vibrant street just walking distance to two large lakes as Madison sits on an isthmus. And a couple of fun facts about Madison. Its university, UW, offered the very first dance program in the United States. And the city is also known for hosting one of the most popular Ironman competitions. For more information, please visit my website, dariengold.com. One thing about the pandemic and all of its complexities, I think I speak for many when I say that it taught us our lives are incredibly precious. And though we have obligations to fulfill, deadlines to meet, and trying not to disappoint people in our lives, we must make time to nurture and care for ourselves. Also, something I've said in the past is worth mentioning again. If you don't define who you are, others will. And usually it's not to your advantage. As always, I remain in awe of Joe's work, and I look forward to being with you again in a couple of weeks for another episode of All Things Pilates.